Hey everybody and welcome to the Darkcast. I'm your host Jonathan and this is DCI number 127. In this episode, Brian and I get to talk to Nima Fakara, who's the composer behind 1979 Revolution Black Friday. Uh, 1979 is a game that takes place during the Iranian Revolution and uh, we get to talk all about how the setting and time and place influence the music of this game. If you want to find out more information about 1979, head on over to darkstation.com. There you can find links and trailers in the show notes of this episode. As always, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Now on with the show. Well, Nima, thank you so much for joining us on the Darkcast. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Super excited. Yeah, we are too. This uh, we actually heard about uh, this potential interview uh, like a week ago when we we almost did it kind of impromptu that day, but uh, scheduling didn't really work out. But it was like, yes, definitely, we need to talk about this because that sounds super <laughs> interesting. So whenever the next slot is to to do an interview, like we, yeah, yeah, this this sounds awesome. Um, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, we're here to uh, to talk a little bit about uh, 1979 Revolution uh, Black Friday, um, and you are the composer on that title. Um, so, before we get into kind of the the game itself, let's talk a little bit about you and kind of uh, what you've done on the game and kind of your your background as well. So, so who are you, Nima? <laughs> uh, for sure, yeah. I am. Uh, I mean, I've. Uh, I was involved with the project uh, very uh, way earlier than anything. Uh, I mean, before even the project went into development, mm-hmm. um, I, uh, I I was introduced uh, to Navid Khonsari, who is the creator of the game, um, through his interviews that he was doing through like on CNN and many different things that he was talking about the project. Me being a um, me being an Iranian myself and Iranian musician. I I was trained in Persian classical music, um, so it 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 kind of very much um, felt home to me, and I was I, I wanted to be involved with the project, so I reached out to Navid maybe about three years ago actually, um, and um, and I told him that I wanted to score the film, uh, score the project, and everything like that, um, and then one thing led to another. Um, I met him a bunch of times, and. Um, and then the project kind of came about, and I started working on it. Um, it was it was a very much of it. It was one of those things that I I, um, I was fortunate enough to be able to say that I wanted to work on it, and I was able to work on it. So uh, it's it was kind of more or less just just a dream to be able to be involved with it. Sure. sure. Uh, for That's those awesome. for those who might not know, um, what sure. what what would you classify as some of the major differences between like Persian classical as opposed to like American classical? Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, basically, quote unquote, you could consider it Middle Eastern music. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, uh, Persian classical music is very similar to Indian music. If, uh, as far as uh, as far as musical terms are concerned, uh, it's very uh, it's very inside of a box. It doesn't go anywhere else. Uh, me being a rebel, um, I kind of changed that uh, in nineteen uh, on the project itself. Um, I mean, I'm I'm Persian classically tra- trained on the instrument uh the santur which is which is the equivalent of a dulcimer if you will um and um and then once i kind of left iran and um 
being kind of involved in orchestral music and Western music, kind of quote-unquote Beethoven, Mozart, all of those kind of stuff, um, I, I've been able to manipulate and I've actually even been uh, put put some of these instruments in the um, in many of my projects, even though they don't require or act or even ask for. Um, ethnic sounds, if you will. Um, I, I, I've used them in, uh, in projects as colors, uh, so to be able to kind of just give some unique, interesting uh, colors to the project. Um, I don't know if I answered your question or not, but... <laughs> oh, totally, totally. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. uh, just to, to take a quick step back, um, I, I don't know the kind of musical vocabulary of our audience. Um, some sure. people might not know what a dulcimer is. Can you explain sure. what that is? <laughs> Basically, if when you look inside of a piano, um, and if 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 you literally look inside of it, you see a bunch of hammers being hit to a string. That's basically what a dulcimer is. You literally put a put a bunch of wood around it and bring it out, and then your uh, the hammers you play in with your hand instead of with a key, um, and that's that's basically a dulcimer. Okay, and so the uh, the santor is kind of a variation of that of hitting strings with hammers. Exactly, exactly. I mean, um, they, each one of the, if you will, each one of the notes has four strings on it, and then you hit a hammer to each one of these four strings in a combination um, and then it just makes beautiful music <laughs> awesome well uh, earlier you you mentioned that you wanted to um, you know score the the film and I imagine that was just kind of a slip because you do score films can you talk yeah. a little bit about your background of kind of the different projects that you've you've worked on over the years Sure. I mean, I've I've been um, I've been involved with film for a, for a long time, um, and I mean, I've I've done I've done video games as well. Uh, but uh, I've rarely touched on the video game world because it's a little it's a li it's a completely different world, first of all, and second, it's um, it's it's a little bit more difficult to be able to get into the video game world because there's so many uh, amazing players, quote unquote, players slash composers um, in in the world. So for me, I've I've been I've I'm a, if you will, I'm a very much of a rookie in the video game uh, music world, uh, but uh, but I've I've been around the block many many times um, in the film world. I mean, I've been involved with film uh, for about uh, 15 years, um, uh, working with many different composers um, as an assistant, as a technical assistant, then opening up my own studio and being able to work uh, as a sole composer on many many different projects. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now, uh, so I, I assume uh, the subject matter of 1979 mm -hmm. is kind of what drew you to this particular sure. game. Uh, what, sure. what else has kind of drawn you to, to other games that you've worked on? You worked on, I think, um, Resident Evil. Uh, the, I have, uh, yes. One of the most recent ones, uh, yep. Revelation. Yep, yep. Uh, so um, what... Well, yeah, well, for 1979, I mean, um, one, I, I am an Iranian uh, Iranian. American composer. Uh, I was born in Iran, so the subject matter has always been one of those things that always been very much a very close to me. Uh, even though I wasn't, uh, I wasn't around during 1979. Uh, I've heard many, many stories. I've heard um, and. Being a Persian classical musician, um, as a young Persian classical musician, I was always uh, around a lot older people, uh, and those people always kind of told me, uh, around these teachers always kind of told stories, um, and and I I was very interested in it. Uh, so for 1979, when it uh, when it started happening, it was it was one of those things that I was like, oh, 
I could actually utilize all the trainings that I've had in the past and combine it with the stuff that I do now. Um, for Resident Evil, it was a, it was a completely different thing. Uh, being a huge fan of the franchise, um, I mean, I've played pretty much all their games. Um, it was one of those things that is like, let's kind of create a new world for it. Um, and, and I was able to kind of do custom instruments for it. I built instruments and just literally go down the rabbit hole and just find whatever the hell I wanted to do for it. Um, and, it and kind of worked out well for it, for the project. Awesome. Awesome. Did, did you get to make any instruments for 1979? Um, uh, actually, no, I didn't make any instruments. I modified a lot of instruments. Um, so our approach uh, for, the, for the musical quote-unquote palette um, was how do we capture that late 70s, early 80s sound um, but yet not be too cliche in the kind of the Iranian world um, but also be able to kind of just create something that's authentic. Um, I mean, if you look at my first sketches, they, they do not sound anything like what's actually in the, uh, in the final product um, but um, I, I utilized the way that we kind of utilized the, the modified quote-unquote instruments was that I kind of tried to um, replace whatever the Western world has for example uh, as I said the dulcimer is basically an inside of a piano so I replaced any sound that you hear that could be technically a piano with the dulcimer and then modify the actual instrument in order for it to sound a little bit more like the piano so it sounds familiar to the audience. Um, or, for example, the guitar, um, you hear a lot of these kind of uh, very much the spaghetti western stuff um, and a lot of these kind of uh, late 70s sounds, quote-unquote. Um, it's not an actual guitar. Yeah, there are some guitars in the score, but it's not an actual guitar. It's an instrument that, that, that has the equivalent in the Iranian world, which is called a tar. Um, which is kind of similar to the guitar, <laughs> uh, but but it was a lot of modified stuff. It was a lot of uh, analog synths, and then just kind of utilizing the same exact methods that they used to record back in the back in the early '80s, late '70s. So lots of disco, in other words. <laughs> I, uh, I, I wish, I wish there was. Listen, there was talks about it. There was a lot of talks about it, and I was as long like, as it was you, mentioned at some point, if it was on the drawing board, the, the part of my heart there, goes out to you. There, there was a lot of talks about it. We were, we were, we were very close to putting disco music in this, and it was just, it was. I, I'm glad we didn't, but I'm also kind of sad that we didn't. Uh, the, the uh, as I said, there was, there was a lot of kind of talks about how do we want to approach this score. So, um, and the timeline kind of started getting a lot narrower by the end of the project, and the talk of disco was actually very at the very end of the project, and we were like oh crap, uh, if we really wanted to put a disco track somewhere, how do we do that? And, and it just never happened, which I, which I was like, I don't want to go down that route of using my disco chops. And that's it. That, you know, that's fair, because if you have to kind of like squeeze it in there, I mean, what are you doing? 
Exactly, exactly. And, and, and I mean, if, again, if you hear the, hear the beginning of my sketches, we wanted to do a very much of a minimal score. Uh, it was, it was going to be very much kind of like, if you will, your, your quote-unquote Trent Reznor style of scoring, uh, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, kind of very much like very minimal, super, super, just no melodies anywhere. And then all of a sudden we ended up the way that the score is now, which is kind of melodic, uh, very modern scoring. There is a little bit of kind of your your throwback of your Vangelist, um, your your Blade Runner style kind of scoring as well. So, um, yeah, it's a completely different world. <laughs> so it, it sounds like you were kind of, in a lot of ways, melding, um, or not necessarily just melding, but almost um, confusing, not confusing is not the right word, but um, I don't know, just taking uh, kind of, uh, Middle Eastern and um, Western ideas in terms of music and blending them together to, to make something that sounded not quite of either. Is that... Does that sound right? Yeah, I mean, um, to to be completely honest with you, it's it is a it is a Iranian story, but it is for the non-Iranian audience okay. uh, that the Iranian audience is going to play anyways. Uh, it uh, we are telling a story of that time. It is. Uh, as Navid likes to call it, there is a little bit of an educational factor to it too. Um, so, so we wanted to be true to that idea. We also wanted to be true to that, uh, true to the gamers as well, to our audience member. Um, the audience member, it's kind of they're they're going to care that it's actually very, very Iranian and it's 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 authentic. That's why. I only used Iranian instruments and not not any other country's instruments. Uh, But also we wanted to kind of just be able to tell a story. And for me, as a storyteller, whatever uh, whatever I can do in order for me to help that cause, it's what I do. Even if it's a one-note piano, if you will. It's gonna help. It's gonna tell the story. It's gonna tell the story. So, um, for for me, it was able to be able to tell, give that atmosphere that we wanted for the project, um, and and it is a complicated. It is a complicated project. There are so many different storylines going around, and I didn't want to be too much. Um, I didn't want to be kind of. I didn't want to make the audience feel weird when they were listening to something that I was just like completely whacked and out of place, if you will. Sure. So it's it's almost familiar, but not quite in a way. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, um, if this was if this was if there was a completely different project and it was all subtitles and um, and you and it was all in Farsi and it, that would have been a completely different project. But it's not that. It's again, it's it's us telling a story and we want to kind of tell it to the world and not just sure. to a very small audience. How do you, how do you ride that line of trying to make something very authentic, but then also sure. make it uh, familiar and approachable sure. for people that don't know anything about the subject matter? Sure, I mean the subject matter is a um, uh, it is a political political story. Um, the so there is a I mean I, I like to say history is his story. Um, so you could kind of look at it in many, many different ways. But for it to become familiar is is a very, very hard thing to do um, because you're, you're, telling, you're, you're trying to tell a story without taking any sides, one. Um, and two is that how do we actually tell a story without taking the sides but also kind of 
making it very simple in order for people to understand and actually be able to kind of say something. Like, for example, one of the things that is in the video game, there's a lot of Iranian phrases or Farsi phrases that are kind of thrown in before an uh, before an English dialogue that happens. So there's there's this thing kind of like it's like salam, hello, how are you kind of thing, khubi, chetori, uh, how's it going kind of thing. You know what I mean? So it, it kind of throws these kind of stuff in there for people to just be like, oh, okay, this is in Farsi, but it's not in Farsi. There's an English translation to it. Um, so it, it's like that moment in Thirteenth Warrior where um, Antonio Banderas is attuning his ears to the Vikings language. Exactly. And exactly, so it's like yeah. at the beginning of every scene, it's like, oh, other language. Oh, I, I got it now. I'm good. I'm understanding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. I mean, that's exactly the approach, and it's funny because um, I actually had one of my uh, little cousins played it, and uh, she she doesn't speak any Farsi at all whatsoever. So she starts now actually kind of throwing a little bit of some of these words that she's been listening to in the game, and and it's 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 kind of it's kind of it kind of feels nice. Uh, to be able to kind of just be like, all right, okay, you're actually learning something about it. Uh, even if it's not the story, it's there's the language thing that you're learning from it. Sure. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Where, where do you start musically in writing about something like the Iranian Revolution? Sure. Um, where do you start? Um, well, I mean, going back to kind of where, when when I started kind of approaching the project and what we wanted to do for it. My musical standpoint was that I wanted to be very authentic. I wanted to only use Iranian instruments and I wanted to kind of just tell the story in, uh, in a very much of an Iranian Iranian way and not any, I, I didn't want to be influenced by anything else. Um, but but then we kind of started, then I kind of started being like, all right, this is not the right story. This is not the right way to tell the story. Uh, there's a lot of different factors involved. And again, then again, we are telling it to a wide audience, not just to a smaller audience. So for me, the authenticity was, again, very important, but also be able to be able to kind of convey the message of the video game was also important. Um, so so for me, that uh, I started basically putting down palettes and palettes of just different instruments and seeing what actually stick to the game itself. And one of the bigger cha biggest challenges for the project was that um, there are multiple storylines that are played out. So the the game uh, the the gamer will actually be able to kind of just choose different multiple storylines and actually go through those lines. So musically musically speaking, that was very difficult to be able to kind of stay cohesive and actually start from one one point and then being able to expand to multiple different levels. Nice. Yeah. Now, you've been on the project since the beginning. A lot of times, or at least the a lot of the people that we talk to specifically with uh, music and video games, uh, they're, they're coming on to a project that's kind of got a, a firm identity, uh, whether sure. it's a well-known IP or, or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and so... I don't, I don't know the the kind of music that it needs to be and I, I guess is, is is laid out just because of the the genre of the game or something like that. Sure, sure, um, sure. It, but you you've been on since the beginning. Has has your music changed the game and vice versa? Have you had to make yep. changes to what you were doing based on changes that the game made? How how did that relationship kind of go? 
Absolutely, as I said, I mean the the music completely shifted from where it started, uh, but that was that was because of the story that, that we were telling and because of many different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, uh, when I first started uh, doing stuff, it was very much like a CGI way of kind of uh, scoring to picture. It was very much of an animation, if you will. Uh, there was a bunch of two little two little boxes moving around, and that's what it was. Um, until I was able to finally, we were finally able to. Kind of see what the actual engine was going to do and what the characters were going to be able to look like. When I first started scoring to some of these scenes, uh, like for example the interrogation scenes or um, or the the riots or anything like that, I was scoring to the script itself. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a three hundred, it's like a two hundred page script, but that's that's what I was kind of trying to figure out what the storyline was uh, because again. There are multiple stories that are being told. So there's this fine level of evil and good, and there's like, all right, do you want to make this path or do you want to take this path? Um, and how do you actually go about that? Is very, it was very difficult for me personally. But then at the end, it was like, all right, this is the scope of our story. This is what we want to tell. Uh, this is the vast idea. How do we condense it down into scenes and then be able to kind of be a uh, be cohesive from one scene to the next? I'm not, it's it's so hard to me for me to talk about this because it's like I don't want to give away this story either. Sure, sure, um, sure. But it's like it's like it's that's that's what it is. Um, like for example, I mean, as the trailer is all over it, um, you you start kind of in an interrogational scene and then you based on that interrogation the end of the game is completely changed uh, based on that first interrogation. So um, so how do we... And, and the thing was that the animation was not done for the end scene till pretty much at the end of the project. And we had to go back and change the first scene for the end scene as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, so when, you're, when you're scoring music for a video game where the narrative can change, like I, I feel mm-hmm. like... You know, with a, a normal story where there's kind of a beginning, middle, and end, um, mm-hmm. it I don't know. You you have a flow of of the music. It, it's going in a particular direction. But when sure. you're when you're making music for a game, that that direction can change. Mm-hmm. How, I don't know. I guess just how do you how do you go about that? How do you yeah. make different music for different scenes that kind of fill the same space in the story, but are very different how do you make them you know similar but also different and kind of bring out what's different in the choices that you made sure uh i mean uh, i mean it's it's the the 1979 i mean we kind of like to and not like to call it a telltale game if you will like the like the walking dead style Mm -hmm. um but but for 1979, the, the the reason it's a little different is actually you get to choose where you want to go, and that will change the way that it's going to end, maybe four levels down the line. Um, but then you, you can never come and kind of make that change back to wherever it was at point A, if you will. Uh, one of the things that I was doing, put it, to put it in a very, very simple terms, that I treated like a first-person shooter. Um, that you're walking around, you're, you're on stealth mode, if you will, and an enemy comes in and then something changes. Um, that's, that's what I kind of approached it, Will, and we, I kind of created a very much of a complex um, music layer, and then we stripped it down and was able to kind of be like, okay, this is our 
uh, if you will, your stealth layer, and then we're going to take this part and then put this on one of the storylines. Take the take the B part and put it in this other storyline. And then how do we mishmash all of this together? Um, so it was a lot of charts uh, that we actually put down on paper. Uh, but uh, and then that's that's basically what it was. It was it was a mayhem, as as you kind of are understanding from my way of kind of saying it. Uh, but it was it was it it worked out well at the end because kind of I. Uh, I like to say it. It's, it's funny because, like, when we were doing the soundtrack mix, um, I was away from the project for a while. Um, I mean, I've, I, we, I started writing on the project last November, um, and then we didn't finish till pretty much um, it was the end of March, I want to say. So for me, to, when when we were doing the when we were doing the soundtrack mix, I, I stepped away from it for a little while, and then once we were doing it, I was just like, all right, this is actually not bad music. It's actually really interesting, cohesive. It's like it's 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 completely different than what I usually do, uh, and I was just like, "Damn, this actually came out nice." <laughs> uh, and I, I rarely say that. <laughs> uh, that's that's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> now, you you mentioned that early on, you you very much wanted to kind of stay away from um, influences outside of kind of. Uh, Iranian music and wanted it sure. to be very authentic and that you know mm-hmm. that changed as the the project changed and you understood mm-hmm. it better and it understood you better I guess in, in a lot of ways um, mm-hmm. what were some of the influences that kind of made its way both um, I, I guess you know, Iran Iranian music and outside of that uh, what what kind of impacted you and, and changed the way that you scored things Navi just told me to do it, and I had to do it. Um, <laughs> That's uh, totally fair. That's totally yes. fair. More or less, it was actually that. But to uh, to be to be completely honest with you, um, it was uh, it was again. I I I didn't want to I didn't want to pinpoint something to a different uh, to one audience member. Um, uh, Navid's uh, one of one of the one of the partners. Um, at, at Ink Stories, uh, Bessie, um, uh, we when I talk to her uh, all the time, she was basically saying that let's not do Iranian music, let's not do Iranian music, let's not do Iranian music, and finally we figured out why. It's because we're telling it we're telling it very much from a uh, from an outside perspective and not from the inside, more or less. Yes, we are involved with these characters, but we're not like we're we're looking inside. We're not looking. We're not we're not in there. Uh, so one of the things was that. Uh, let's let's try to kind of combine this for multiple 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 perspectives. Um, and one of the things that uh, that I that I completely appreciate that Navid actually allowed me to do, and we talked about this for a long time, was that there was a there's a track um, there's a there's a really old I don't want to call it folk tune, but there's an old song that was played at the time um, in uh, during during that 1979, 1980s, 1981, 78 um, that that I utilized in the actual score. Um, it's and I kind of reimagined it. I sang it myself, um, and it, that became the thematic idea for a lot of those places. And um, it was something that it was more or less a collaborative effort on many many different levels. I was gonna ask if there were was any uh, you know like real world music uh, that kind of made mm-hmm. its way into the game rather than you know stuff that was all original. Uh, is there is there anything else besides kind of that particular song? 
Well, um, there. I mean, that song is that song was such a significant song in the project. Um, it's um, it, it, there's a there's a very there's a very interesting uh, translation uh, that is that is there. I'm trying to actually find it for you guys, um, but there's a there's a very cool um, idea within it that is like, all right, how do we? Um, it's it's it just talks about the story that we're trying to go to our destiny and 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 stuff like that. And I uh, originally it was played on very much of a solo singer and a um, and if you will just a bunch of um, bunch of Iranian instrument. And we actually put it put it with some spaghetti Western guitars, very much like an analog synth kind of stuff. And it it worked out well. Um, there are some chants in the score of the time of. Um, of the riots, um, and and that's pretty much it. I can't think of any other stuff. There, I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting percussion stuff that was actually happening at the time. Uh, but within the game itself, it's pretty true because there's there's speeches that you could actually listen to. Um, lots of the graphics that or kind of the graffiti's on the walls are exactly the same way. It's it's pretty authentic to the time, which is which is really cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, in, I guess this is kind of outside of your wheelhouse uh, in terms of the, the game itself, but were there any limitations uh, as far as trying to make it so authentic? Uh, or did that place any, I guess, uncomfortable limitations on your work? Not necessarily, no. I mean, we. I, I knew that we couldn't just all of a sudden go into and just score it like Gladiator. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, Basically, it was just kind of more or less just how do we tell, tell a story. That's that's what it was. Okay. Um, and how do we stay authentic to that. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I guess uh, for anybody that isn't entirely sure of the, the game that we've been talking about this whole time, uh, can you kind of give us a rundown of what uh, 1979 is uh, for, for anybody that just doesn't know? <laughs> um, sure. Um, basically, 1979 is, um, is right before um, it's kind of we consider the Iranian Revolution where the Shah, um, there, was a, there was a kind of a, uh, there was a collapse, if you will, um, of the regime that the Islamic Revolution was kind of starting and then the Shah was kind of leaving Iran and 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 vice versa. That was the historical standpoint. The video game itself, you're dropped in as a um, as a journalist, if you will, um, in the middle of this mayhem, and you get to choose your path for this for about three four days within this within the video game, and you got to choose your destiny, if you will. Excellent. Was there was there anything about making this game that stood out as far as uh, being different from making uh, or not making for uh, writing for film? Is there anything? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, usually kind of for films, um, I get three to four months to write it. I had about a year and a half, <laughs> which okay. is um, which is kind of more or less, it, it's a good thing and a bad thing. Um, we get I'm to... Uh, when you, when you got to produce it quick, that's got to come out and you got to be kind of happy with it. When you have a year and a half, I can see you going hey. over many things many times. Oh, absolutely! It's like one of those things. Is like for me when I write this, uh, when I write anything, it's like my baby, and I never want to let it go. Uh, but uh, and then that was that was the thing. It's like 
okay, let's just kind of make this slight change here. Oh, what about this slight change here? What about this thing that we could do here? Um, that's what <laughs> basically what for, was for 1979. Like, for example, one of the things that uh, we ended up doing for 1979 was that uh, I was like, all right, how do we actually capture that uh, that late 70s, early early 80s sound? And we were like, all right, so they all kind of recorded in tape machines. It was uh, was very much of a compressor. Everything was very analog. And we're like, all right, let's just kind of get a tape machine in and actually run everything through that so we can get this really, really analog analog sound with also hisses and stuff like that. And um, and then Lakeshore, uh, Brian, love him to death. He calls me and, and we're just like, oh crap, we have a lot of hiss in our record, and we kind of kept it in there. Uh, so which was which was awesome. Uh, but but it's it's again, it's very true. I wanted to stay true to that time and be authentic to that time. That's that's really cool. Not just being authentic to the culture, but also the the place in history. That's that's nice. Exactly. Exactly. When, exactly. When he I mean, heard the hiss. Was it? Um, was it more surprised that it was there because you didn't tell him in advance, or was it just confirmation just, like, "Hey, we picked it up"? I basically just put it. I just put it in an email. I was like, "Just watch out for this. If you guys are mastering this, just kind of just don't get rid of it. It's it's more or less we want to <laughs> keep it in there because we were trying to kind of keep it as um, as hissy as possible." And I just kind of wrote him an email. I was like why don't you just keep it and um he kind of didn't complain we'll see <laughs> uh that's that's what it was <laughs> excellent excellent uh brian do you have any any more questions about the game before we get into the the end game uh no i think we we covered just about everything uh musically i think uh and so we'll uh, at the end of our uh, interviews, we like to kind of come at you with a little bit of a questionnaire for you, uh, for, sure. for Nima, uh, just to kind of get, get your temperature, see where you are in a, a bunch of uh, topics. Uh, for sure. Start, yeah. Start. First question. Uh, these are uh, kind of musically bent because you know you're here for music. Um, what What would you consider to be your favorite kind of film or game soundtrack? Uh, film or game soundtrack. Um... Give you the broad, the broad spectrum here. Sure, um, I like, I like. I've been lately. I've been uh, been keen in listening to a lot of minimalistic music, such as kind of like Philip Glass, Max Richter, uh, that kind of style of music. And that's that's been one of those things that I've always that I've that lately I've been kind of. Uh, pushing towards and also kind of folk music strangely enough um, lots of T-Bone Burnett, lots of kind of like these Punch Brothers and stuff like that, that's what I've been listening to, I guess Side question um, Sure. How long did you listen to Pr- uh, Purple Rain last week? <laughs> to be honest with you, I didn't listen to it that much. Uh, it's 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 a weird it's a weird thing. I have this. Um, I'm actually on a project right now, and whenever I'm on a project, I don't listen to music at all uh, because I don't want to be influenced by it. So um, I'm waiting to finish before I go to go to my vinyls and start pulling out Purple Rain and anything that has to do with Prince. That's fair. Uh, That's fair. It'll just be a yeah. day later on where it just kind of hits you, and you're like, oh, I can't do this anymore. Exactly. The only thing that I was kind of just like messing around and I kind of had tears in my eyes was when I was watching SNL and that whole Jimmy Fallon and just that Prince show. And that's that's basically was my only kind of, um, if you will, my emotional moment for Prince. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair enough. Um, You spoke earlier. So second question. Uh, You spoke earlier uh, about uh, making instruments um, Uh for uh, Resident Evil. 
Um, sure. What What do you consider the best instrument you've ever made? Well, the, one of the best instrument, one of the coolest instruments, I guess, uh, that I made was the Ice Queen for Resident Evil. Um, it's actually two huge, massive uh, metals uh, in a circular shape, um, and there's two of them on top of each other. Um, and based on the resonation of the top one, the bottom one makes noise, and then you could put stuff inside the bottom one and actually makes really, really cool, weird sounds. But then the coolest part about it is that I actually used dried ice. But that actually kind of just vibrates this really, really fast. And then you just do many, many things with it. It kind of sounds like Godzilla. Um, but <laughs> uh, but it, you could – it's it's so manipulated in so many different ways that it's just so awesome. Um, and because I've used it so many times and I've used that – used the dry ice, it has rust on it. And it just changes its tuning. One day it plays, one day it doesn't play. Um, it's like a, it's it's just it's just like a human being. Sometimes it's just in a good mood, and sometimes it's not. I was gonna say it sounds um, like you're funny. describing my kids. <laughs> uh, it's 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 funny because like one of my engineers here, he's just like he's like, dude, let's just go record. And I'm like, I don't think he wants to make noise today. Let's just kind of do it tomorrow. So. <clears throat> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it, it gets it gets interesting in the studio when we actually want to record any of these custom instruments because they're all kind of they're all imperfect to the best way possible. Where just like a side question, like where sure. do you experiment with sound and that kind of do, like dictates the instrument usage, or are you just like I need I need something that's going to do this and just kind of go um, from there. Yeah, well, usually it's kind of the sound that is in my head that I'm trying to produce, and it's usually kind of like what I want to create out of it. Um, it's it's usually kind of what I want to just what I envision, and then once it start once it starts being created, then it becomes sometimes it becomes exactly that, or it becomes something else completely. Um, I mean, I've I'm one of my one of the one of the studies and one of the things that I've always been very interested in was musical anthropology. Um, and and that's that's what kind of has triggered a lot of my engineering quote unquote uh, ways of being able to kind of hone in into a instrument and how would it actually be able to create it. Um, I was very very fortunate enough to be uh, to be able to be taught by John Schneider, who is uh, who is one of the, actually the students of Harry Parch. Uh, for anyone that kind of doesn't know who Harry Parch is, Harry Parch was one of those guys that actually said. Um, kind of within a, if you, if you will, within an octave, um, you have twelve notes uh, or eight eight correct notes. Uh, but his idea was that within these notes, there is many 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 other notes. So within his octave, there was sometimes hundred and twenty eight notes. And his he created these instruments that were able to uh, play what he envisioned in those. Um, and that's that's. Um, I kind of take inspiration from Harry and um, and John and all those kind of basically my mind is a little cuckoo when it comes to these instruments, but I take it as it is. <laughs> Fair enough, you got to take it as it comes. Yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, next question: Are are there any uh, trends in music today that um, you'd like to see kind of uh, get bigger or, or or proliferate, kind of like push forward the boundaries? Well, um, one of the trends that I'm actually seeing, um, for me, f for me as a musician, 
trend is is a great thing and is a bad thing. Um, what it is for me is that all right. So if we if we are seeing the trend of kind of a lot of artists coming into picture and being able to work in the film world, it's for me it's a great thing because we're seeing brand new ideas. We're seeing something that is not your traditional way of film scoring or any sort of media. Uh, but then at the same time, it's like for me as as a as a young composer, I'm able to kind of be able to be adaptable and be able to kind of be a chameleon and kind of change my ways and thinking and also be able to kind of manipulate my ideas in a sense of kind of just creating this new avenue of being able to tell whatever I want to tell, any emotional ideas that I want to say. Um, one of the things that I'm, a, as I said, I'm a huge fan of is minimalism and uh, minimalistic music such as Philip Glass. So um, I'm loving the ideas that a, a lot of people are kind of doing um, on, on a lot of TV shows and stuff that is very Philip Glass, Max Richter-like. Um, that is pretty awesome. And um, I mean, that's that's what I love to be able to kind of hear small ideas, but just the texture is what's very important in the, in, the, in order for them to be able to tell that story. That's awesome. Uh, Next question. Um, You guys are kind of doing something real special as far as as putting out on uh, like an Iranian game um, very much uh, about a a really important time in your own history. Um, In in a time where kind of video games are very kind of tropish um, in in a lot of, and almost especially in a lot of the AAA space, um, is there anything... Um, kind of like that that you'd like to see kind of just go away? Um, not really. Um, I mean, what I what I love about the, uh, the, the thing that you could kind of look at in the whole quote-unquote media storytelling um, there's there's always something for everyone. There's something for anyone that wants to kind of do something. I am personally, I'm a huge gamer um, and I play FIFA every day at least once um and uh for me if that goes away uh, what am i gonna do i'm gonna play madden which is not a bad thing but still like for me it's like all right i I like doing this but it's also kind of for for a lot of people playing gta is important or something like that um for us to be again for 1979 for us was to able to educate people and actually be able to tell a story um, um and and i and i mean educate in the most respectful way um we are we're not kind of we're not we're not very political with anything in the in the video game we're telling we're telling multiple standpoints so again another video game you could um, with grand theft auto you could go around shooting as many people and uh go to a stripper uh go to go to a strip joint and do whatever you want but you could also kind of just sit in your car and just drive around and listen to music if you wanted to um so it's for me there's an audience for everything and you better be able to kind of be do whatever you want to do so that's a very fair answer uh, at the, I, I like that. I like that. Um, at, you're kind of living the dream. You're making music not only for films uh, but for video games. Um, if you had the chance and no restrictions, is there any other profession you'd like to try? Um, I've been, uh, to be honest with you, I've been so fortunate enough to be able to kind of have my hands on many, many things. Uh, besides composing, I'm, um, I've become an investor in a lot of projects. I, I'm creating an app. Um, I am a little bit of into the fashion world. So 
Um, I've always wanted to be a pilot, <laughs> if that counts. Uh, it's like um, it I, absolutely uh, counts. <laughs> I, I wanted to. Uh, I mean, back in high school, I, I wanted to be a pilot. Uh, I was very close in going to Emory Riddle University, um, all of that stuff. But um, but again, I mean, in my career and in my life right now, um, if I wanted to be a pilot, I just have to save a lot of money and just go to uh, and get my private license and just go start flying. That's what I need to do. <laughs> That's it. You just set your mind to it and do it. <laughs> yep. Uh, exactly. If, exactly. Normally with this, this next question, we kind of uh, ask if there's any video game you'd like to go back and play with, with kind of new eyes or, you know, kind of like to do over. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think sure. with this one, I want to I, I want to kind of shift it a little bit and say if you got the second chance to go back um, and rescore something, what would what would you take? Huh. Uh, that's that's a very political question, my friend. Uh, <laughs> um, to be honest with you, I'll I'll say it I'll say it very gently. Um, um, I love I I love everything that has been created so far, but I would love to be able to have a chance to just basically do a new take uh, on a lot of different projects, especially especially the idea of the the project kind of like Blade Runner. Um, I have this I have this theory which uh, which is a really really bad thing, but it's a good thing at the same time. Right now, we're what we're seeing in the Hollywood world and uh, Hollywood film games or whatever it is nostalgia has become such a such an important figure uh in the storytelling however nostalgia could be changed and actually tell in a very 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 interesting way of uh storytelling like we're for example we're seeing star wars we're seeing jurassic park we're seeing star trek uh just last week we saw jungle book um but a lot of these filmmakers are not telling it in a new way. One of the coolest things that, that happened was Jungle Book. Um, and one of the things that I literally can't wait for um, is the Ridley Scott take on, again, uh, on Blade Runner and the ways that he's telling Prometheus. Those are very, very fresh takes and ideas. Um, so for, for me to sit here and actually be able to tell you, okay, yeah, I would love to score uh, Star Wars again, is it right? No, but can I do something interesting? Maybe. Are people going to like it? Probably not. But at the same time, <laughs> I would, I would love to do Blade Runner. I would love to be able to kind of do that kind of an idea of just like sit there and just actually just completely mess with people's head and just kind of do something that is awesome. Um, and I mean, again, I, I love, I love, I, I love that that film just kind of resonates with me in so many different levels uh but if it's a particular project that's what i would touch that's a great answer random completely different side note have you ever read uh do androids dream of electric sheep yep 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 yeah it's it's funny because um one of the uh when i was scoring the signal um there the trailer for the signal has this kind of this very robotic sound to it and uh one of the things that we kind of just talked about with uh will eubanks one of my really good friends and the director of the film was that idea of kind of like that that exact book kind of just came into came to my uh, that whatever the whatever it is book whatever it is um we kind of came about, it was like, all right, how do we kind of just mess around with that lyric and just kind of how do we make that into a really cool track? Uh, but yeah, it's, you can do whatever you want in this, in this world of storytelling, which is kind of cool. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, final question of the night. 
Um, at the end of our lives, when we come to the gates of the Mushroom Kingdom, and Toad is there to beat us with the Book of Our Deeds, what would you like him to say to you before he lets you inside? <laughs> uh, what would I like him to tell me? Um, here's an In-N-Out burger and have fun? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I think you're the first person who's ever had Toad like physically give you something and be like, hey, man, let's go in. You're fine. I think it's the first uh, person that's mentioned yeah. food of any sort. But it's, it's always just on top of that. I think somebody yeah. asked for a beer once. I'm a but they were asking foodie, for man. beer, not really getting one. Yeah, I'm a huge, huge foodie. So, like, anything, if anybody asks me anything, I, um, <laughs> I always ask for food. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a fatty by heart. I'm just a fat kid. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that at all. But uh, thank you very much for answering our questions. Um, of course. Thanks for yeah. having me, guys. Oh, no problem. I don't have any gifts to offer you at the end of this uh, questionnaire, but you've done very well. Um, and thank Jonathan, you. as a matter of fact, will take us home at the end of this. Awesome. Well, Nima, thank you so much for joining us and, and talking about 1979. If you could send us out by letting our listeners know where they can go to find out more information about the game and your music. Uh, for sure, the game is actually on Steam right now. We're um, there's a low surprise happening in, by mid-May, um, and the video and the soundtrack should be releasing very shortly. I'm not sure exactly the same to date, but you'll see it on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, all that kind of good stuff. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you once awesome. again, and uh, yeah, glad to have you on the show. Look forward to your next project, and, and good luck as you continue to make music. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, have a good night or day, whatever you guys are. <laughs> <laughs>